We're talking Arizona Fall League on this Thursday. We have a hitter of the week and a pitcher of the week. But also, they had an all-star game and a home run derby. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And we have a hitter of the week and a pitcher of the week for the Arizona Fall League, despite them not having a full week of competition because of All-Star Weekend. They had the Fall Stars game on Sunday. They had the Home Run Derby on Saturday. But hitter of the week is infielder Tyler Hardman of the Yankees. Not actually ranked in their top 30 right now. 2021 fifth rounder out of Oklahoma. Mostly played first base in college, but he got some time at the Cape in summer ball and he played third. And so because of that, the Yankees were like, yeah, he can handle third base. And so he's predominantly now a third baseman, but obviously you've got flexibility at both corners. In the shortened week, 6 of 14 hit three home runs, including two in one game. OPS of... um. 1572. So, not a bad week. For the Arizona Fall League season, he's gotten about 19 games, and the season actually ends this Saturday with the championship game. But 333, 383, 680 is the slash line. Six home runs, 13 extra base hits. You love the, the power production that you've seen. Six walks to 22 strikeouts in 19 games. So, there's some give and there's some take there. When you go back and you look at what Tyler Hardman did. Uh, this year in mostly high A. He spent most of his time in high A Hudson Valley, little bit of time in double A Somerset, but 111 total games in the minors, 255, 320, 464, 22 home runs, 40 extra base hits, and then 40 walks to 142 strikeouts. So you kind of see the similar theme in the Arizona Fall League. The power production is there strikeouts are a little bit higher than you love, walks are a little bit lower than you would love. And so it's a player where he's definitely trying to put himself into that top 30 conversation. Being a third baseman, the range is uh, fringe, I'd say, you know, blow average to fringe. But it's going to be something where they've already, the Yankees have already said Josh Donaldson will be the third baseman next year. But after that, I don't necessarily know what the plan is. Obviously, you have a lot of middle infielders coming up with an Anthony Volpe, an Oswald Peraza. Oswaldo Cabrera can play anywhere on the field. So you've got a lot of options in the system. And Tyler Hardman's trying to establish himself as another one of those options at the big league level, probably on an ETA of 2024. Pitcher of the week, left-hand pitcher Colton Gordon of the Astros. So 2021 eighth rounder at a junior college had a, had Tommy John in his draft year. And so rehabbed, didn't actually get back onto the field until this year. This was his first year back. And when he was rehabbing from the Tommy John, the Astros actually changed his pitch mix. So so he was forcing fastball, curveball, slider change. Houston went and added a cutter. And so you can see where having that fifth weapon has helped him with guys Uh, both sides of the plate as far as lefties and righties and helped him just avoid hard contact in the entire minor league season. 13 games, 10 of those were starts, 
208 ERA in 47 and two-thirds innings, 67 strikeouts, so 12.6 per nine, to seven walks, 1.3 walks per nine. Uh, Gave up only three home runs. And in the Arizona Fall League, he got the pitcher of the week because he went five innings, gave up two runs, struck out eight. And he's not been incredibly impressive in the Fall League. His overall ERA for the entire Fall League is 6.38, but looked very good in this outing. And it's something where you give me a guy with five different pitches and somebody who has such great control of all of them, where he's walking, I mean, he threw 47 and two-thirds innings and had single-digit walks uh, while striking out 12 and a half guys per nine. That's absolutely something, even though the Velo's not necessarily completely back from the Tommy John, that's definitely something where that will play in a big league bullpen, and that will be something where that will be effective in the minors as a starter. Um, Time will split between low A and high A. Next year, I'd imagine you're either going to do high A to double A or double A for the entire season. Kind of depends on where you feel he is after this fall league stint. Can he handle that jump into the hardest level of the minors to make the jump into going into double A? And then the home run derby was over the weekend. And it was just, it's really interesting. We talked last week about the field. Uh, eight total players. You had Devison De Los Santos of the Diamondbacks. You had Edward Julien of, of the Twins, who's probably going to be there as a Fall League MVP. Uh, you had Heston Kearside of the Orioles. You had Matt Mervis of the Cubs. Andy Pages of the Dodgers. Robert Perez Jr. of the uh, Seattle Mariners. And Stephen Scott of the Boston Red Sox. And the the final round came down to Heston Kierstad versus Robert Perez Jr. So an outfielder versus an infielder. Uh, Kierstad got there. He hit 11 home runs in the first round, 11 home runs in the second round. Perez hit eight in the first round, 13 in the second round. They added your scores up for rounds one and two to get the, the, the two in the championship round. And then you got n- just 90 seconds. And I think you got one timeout. And it was just the championship round. Perez hit 11 to Kierstad's 10. And Kierstad's somebody we've talked about on the show quite a few times in the context of the Arizona Fall League, as well as our Baltimore Orioles Farm Friday. Now that he's recovering from the myocarditis, happy to see that the power has kind of come back. Uh, Finished the day with, I think, 31 home runs in that derby. And so... Uh, working, you know, part of being in the Arizona Fall League is working to catch up time-wise. Uh, I'm thinking the ETA might be something like a 2024, uh, you know, but given how he's performed, how well he's looked in the Fall League, it may be later in the year next year when they feel like giving him a taste. That probably depends on, is the team contending uh, late next year or are they out of it? Uh, as well as injury situations and what happens with some of the surplus of outfielders they have right now with the Santander and Hayes and things like that. Uh, Robert Perez, though, very happy for him. So 2016 IFA, and the thing for the Mariners here is he spent 127 games in the minors for them this year. 288, 398, 523. 27 home runs, 53 extra base hits, 71 walks. From 127 games, so a good percentage there, 142 strikeouts. Uh, the issue with Robert Perez, and 
nothing that can't be fixed, but he tends to be too aggressive at the plate. Uh, I do like it's it's not it's not necessarily completely a bad thing, but it does lead to one uh, swing and miss and chase as he gets higher in the system and teams kind of learn this is how we can attack him. You can really kind of see when he got to high A Evanston what it looked like when he were doing that, and then. He has widened the field where he's not trying to pull everything. And so I feel good about you're using the entire field. You're putting balls out to all fields. And so if we can cut down on the the overly aggressive pitch selection, uh, just, just understanding which balls are pitches that we can make quality contact on versus making contact on, that's probably that last step in the refinement that you need offensively do that and then get a bunch of that to bake in over the next year or two, uh, you know, double A to triple A. I would imagine 35 games in high A, not sure if they're going to have him go back to high A or start in double A next year, but either way, you're probably looking at a 24 to 25 ETA, just depending on how they feel about Robert Perez and where he starts off next year. Um, Defense is fringe to average and he's a below average runner so you need the bat to work out and I feel like it's always risky with just the right-handed bat like that's your entire profile at first base is a right-handed bat so gonna see what happens there with Robert Perez but either way it was a fun home run derby the whole thing was streamed on MLB.com as far as I understand this is the first time we've had an Arizona Fall League home run derby thought it was really interesting and in just a minute I want to talk about the Fall Stars game Uh, the All-Star game for the Fall League, some of the top performers, and what we kind of learned from that. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Simply Safe. If you've thought about securing your home with home security, uh, but you've been putting it off, you didn't have time to do it, all of that, you want to listen up right now. Pause the podcast. Go to simplysafe.com slash lockedonmlb. They have a 50% offer, the biggest offer of the year going on right now. So. I mean, I love Simply Safe. I've talked about this on the show before. You pick and choose and you build your own system. So every system gets an alarm base station. It gets a keypad. And then from there, you choose your combination of cameras, sensors, locks, whatever you may need to outfit your apartment, your home. Everything's installed yourself. You don't have to schedule an appointment for a stranger to come to your house and walk through and silently judge you in your living situation while they do everything for you and drill holes in your wall. And it is removable so that when you move, you can take it down and move to your next place. You can always add in new parts to the system. I got an initial, I built a system in our first house. It was a townhouse. And then when we bought a house, I added on to the system. And then we bought a different house a few years later and I added on to the system again. Uh, Very customizable and almost future-proof because you can always swap in new uh, new sensors, new technologies, whatever you need. They added outdoor cameras instead of just indoor cameras. And so I could swap out the indoor camera in the windowsill for an outdoor camera mounted outside. So again, this is the best home security system of 2022. U.S. News and World Report gave it that. And they gave it that for a reason. It's the third time in a row they've done it. So uh, do not miss your chance to save big on the only security system that locked on will recommend 50% off of a new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. Again, 50% off simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe 
like Simply Safe. Okay, so the the Arizona Fall League Fall Stars game, the All Star game. It was 9-3 National League. National League was the home team. They still got to bat in the bottom half of the last inning because it's an exhibition and who cares. And so a couple guys, I want to give you three or four guys that stood out to me. Some of them are going to be, if you're, pro, you know, you're prospectors, people that you have heard of. Some of them are going to be guys you probably haven't. But the biggest winner in the, the, the Fall Stars game was Matt Mervis, the first baseman for the Cubs. Uh, he was the he was the the Fall Stars MVP, and he was the only home it was the only home run hit in the entire game, and it's just a, it's a continuation of what he's done. He hit a home run in the Fall Stars game. He's hit six in the Arizona Fall League. He was in the home run derby on Saturday night. He hit 19 there. He spent 137 games in the minors in 2022. He hit 36 home runs there. He just continues to hit home runs. And so some of the, co- the, the 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 conversation there behind Matt Mervis is he's surprised, like it's great combination of contact and power. I mean, 137 games in the minors, 309, 379, 605. 36 home runs, 78 extra base hits, 50 walks to 107 strikeouts. Like he is polished enough where this is kind of the finishing school and I think he has a chance to make the major league roster coming out of spring training next year as either the primary first baseman or a platoon or a backup first baseman if they go and they sign Jose Abreu, which was kind of reported on on Wednesday, was seeing that on Twitter. There's a possibility that they bring on a bring on Abreu anyway and then DH him while Mervis is the primary starter in the field. Either way. Matt Mervis had a great Fall Stars game, probably did more than anybody else to help himself in the Arizona Fall League and kind of solidify his spot. The pitcher that I was most impressed with, Christian Chamberlain, the lefty out of uh, for the Royals, 2024th rounder out of Oregon State, and threw in the third inning, perfect inning, okay? Three strikeouts, only took him 12 pitches, 11 of those were strikes, six swing and miss. And it's not like he was facing off against uh, fringe, you know, not Rule 5 protected, non-rated prospects. He struck out Zach Veen of the Rockies, Jackson Merrill, and Andy Pages. So he struck out three top 100 prospects when he did it. 33 games this season, 6-2-4 ERA. So a little bit of a struggle there. But through 49 innings, 72 strikeouts. But the reason he struggled with such a high ERA was in those 49 innings, he had 47 walks. So 13.2 strikeouts per nine, 8.2 walks per nine. Uh, gave up nine home runs during the season. And so this was definitely something that he needed was this good outing uh, to kind of show he has a future as a bullpen piece for the Royals. Uh he got swings and misses on the fastball, which low 90s. The velocity is not amazing. It's a lefty. You're okay with it being a little bit slower, but it's got like good late riding life to it. Curveball uh, sat high 70s, low 80s, had, a, like, had some good bite to it. And so those two pitches are good enough for him to be a big league reliever. It's just a question of can he harness some of, some of that wildness and throw strikes more consistently 
so that he can play for you at the big leagues. Speaking of Jackson Merrill, uh, he started at shortstop for the National League, sec- uh, was number two in the batting order, was the only player in the entire game that got more than one hit. Jackson Merrill went two for three, had a single, and an RBI double. So not having an amazing season in the Arizona Fall League, but on the year, 55 games that he that he played, and rem- remember, 2021 first rounder out of high school, so he's 19 years old. But in the 55 games that he got, 339, 395, 511. Six home runs, 23 extra base hits, 20 walks to 44 strikeouts. So being younger like he is, uh, the power is still developing, but the hit tool definitely is above average. You can tell that, that he has the pure contact ability that he needs, and he can hit it to all fields. And so... It makes sense. I'm perfectly comfortable with him being the number one prospect for the Padres. I'm comfortable with him being a top 100 prospect. I think you're going to be fine. The power, again, it's going to develop. He's 19 years old. I think it's probably going to end up about a 55 or so. Uh, He's hesitant to to try to pull the ball. He's still pretty insistent on hitting the ball to all fields. And so he could probably get some more immediate power production by pulling the ball more. But long-term and developmentally, it's better to build in the power naturally while you're hitting to all fields versus just pulling everything. The fourth player, the top performer, another pitcher, Justin Martinez for the Diamondbacks. So he had the third inning, and he's he's in the top 30 for the Diamondbacks, but just barely. It It was an IFA in 2018. Actually, they signed him for pretty cheap, but two strikeouts, struck out. Uh, second baseman Edward Julian, the Canadian prospect god of walks, as well as Ray shortstop Ronnie Simon. And it it's something where I think maybe you like maybe you should move him to the bullpen. Uh, he was a starter. He had to have Tommy John uh, in, in 2021. And so this year, instead of being a starter, he was mostly coming out of the bullpen. 18 games, 3-4-1 ERA on the 2022 regular season, not, not Arizona. Uh, 37 innings, had 60 strikeouts to 21 walks. So 14.8 strikeouts per nine. 5.1 walks per nine. And some of that's just getting some of these things back into shape. His arsenal, uh, the fastball is the one that really gives him trouble. He can run it up to 99 or so, uh, but he can't always control it. And so it's not as good of a pitch as it could be just based off of the metrics because he loses the control and loses the feel for it sometimes. Uh, slider, it's in the mid-80s, really good against right-handed hitters, and then he has a like a split change. Uh, he, that's where he got his strikeouts in the Fall Stars game. Uh, it sits in the mid-80s, low spin, really kind of just confounds hitters. Uh, Everett Julian looked like he had never seen it before. It's, just, it's, a, it's a tough pitch to pick up, and I think that he, can get, he gets a little more velocity out of the bullpen, as you would expect most guys to do. But it's just, that's a dynamic I feel like the Diamondbacks have been lacking out of their bullpen. And something where I think it would be, that it might be better for him, even though he has started an experience, to kind of let him spend more time in the bullpen, let it eat a little bit, and let him work on harnessing, getting the control dialed in of that fastball at max effort, so that when he backs it off as a starter, it's easier to control. In just a minute, I want to get to some of the Arizona Fall League prospects that are uh, 
uh, have pending 40-man roster decisions and kind of figure out have they helped themselves or have they hurt themselves in the Arizona Fall League right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. Okay, and we're back. So I'm not worried about anybody who is a top 100 prospect. In the last seven years, I think we've seen something like 73 top 100 prospects be eligible um, or have a Rule 5 decision come up and every single one of them has been protected. So I'm not necessarily worried about some of these guys being protected. Like Andy Pages is going to get protected. He's the number, he's in like the 60s for top prospects in all of baseball. He's going to get protected. Uh, but some of the guys who are were possibly borderline and are either helping or hurting themselves uh, somebody who was pretty, I was pretty sure was already going to get protected, and now we know for a fact he's going to, is Edward Julian of the Twins. Uh, he's been, he's one player of the week twice. We've talked about him on this show a ton. Uh, like I said, I think he's going to end up being the Arizona Fall League MVP. Entering the week, so entering the final week, coming out of the All-Star game, he led the Fall League in uh, OPS with 12-18, and that's, you know, it's, his, his on-base is 535, his slugging 683. Those are both top marks. So, of course, OPS is the top mark. Uh, 20 walks, leads the Arizona Fall League. 21 runs scored through 19 games. Batting average of 365 is like top five. He's had five home runs, 10 extra base hits. All of those things are within the top five. And if you remember, during the regular season, uh, he, he, we walked, he had like a 19% walk rate. So, again... Not, I was 99% sure that Edward Hulia was going to be protected by the Twins from the Rule 5 draft. I'm 100% sure it's going to happen now. The Arizona Fall League's kind of solidified that. Uh, Connor Thomas, left-hand pitcher for the Cardinals, is a lefty pitcher, but an Arizona Fall Leaguer who's actually spent some high-level stuff. He was in Memphis for like 130 innings this season. Uh, kind of iffy, 5-4-7 ERA. Struck out guys about 18% of the time, but whip was one almost 1.6. Has looked a lot better in the Arizona Fall League. He's he's kind of gone cutter, sinker, slider, throwing a lot less four-seamers, not going for nearly as much um, swing and miss. He's getting them. He's got 31 strikeouts. It's the most in the Arizona Fall League, but he's been trying to get he's been trying to produce ground balls, which he did that for the Cardinals, but he's just been better at it. Uh, here in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, one five four ERA, whip is barely over one. He's done a lot of stuff. You feel really good about him. Uh, Robert Perez, we talked about him. He signed back in 2016. So he was eligible in 20 and in 21, was not protected, was not selected. This year, I feel like he's definitely going to be protected. Uh, he's got a his, his slash line in the Fall League, 246, 356, 443. And so, not terrible, but, I mean, he hit 27 home runs between single A and high A. Kid, kid's going to get protected. Uh, that's the kind of thing, again, you're going to need that in Seattle uh, sooner rather than later. And then, Grant Levine of the Rockies. So, somebody who doesn't have a ton of power, it feels like. First baseman hit 10 regular season home runs, but very, very good plate discipline. Um, and then has been very, very consistent in the Fall League. 12-game uh, hit streak, longest in the Arizona Fall League. Batted 340, 419, 547. So a lot of work to solidify his role and to make sure that he is protected by the team. 
if you'll remember, maybe Monday, maybe the week before that, we talked about the Rays having a ton of infield prospects, one of the deepest 40-man rosters uh, in the you know in all of baseball, and a ton of decisions to make. Ronnie Simon has not been making this easy. We mentioned him earlier in the show. He was a fall star as well. He He's one of the ones that got struck out by Justin Martinez there in that perfect inning. So hit 22 home runs, 34 stolen bases between high A and double A this year. And he's not making it easy with his Arizona Fall League performance. 325, 402, 550, nine extra base hits, three steals, um, switch hitter. I mean, flashing the bat, flashing the speed. And so it's something where they may think, okay, we can leave him unprotected because no no team's going to think that he is major league ready, but he absolutely is a threat to get taken if he is left unprotected, um, especially in the minor league portion of the Rule 5 draft. But there are a few players that have not had great fall leagues, and we've had to downgrade a bit as far as are they going to be be protected. Parker Meadows for the Tigers. Outfielder, uh, I think he's in the top 15 for the Tigers. 2018 second rounder. Had a really good year uh, in high A and double A. Got a lot more aggressive on pitch recognition, figuring out what he could drive, what he could pull for a home run. Had a 270 average, hit 20 home runs, OPS of like 819. But in the fall league, 196, 282, 321. So the good thing for him is the larger sample is the better sample. So you can kind of, you can look at the Arizona Fall League and say, okay, well, he struggled, you know, he struggled in the Fall League, but this could be small sample size. And then what's good is he does have really good speed. He does have good defense in the outfield, good arm strength. And so he can contribute. And this is a double-edged sword because you might want to protect him knowing that and thinking maybe this was just a blip in the Arizona Fall League. But if you don't protect him, his floor is high enough because of the good defense and with the larger sample size you saw in high A and double A where he may be attractive for a team to go out and take him. You'll remember Akil Badu was taken by the Tigers. They had to keep him on the roster all year. The next year he got sent back down and he's been back and forth with the Tigers. Uh, this is a situation where, you know, worst case scenario, you're ending up in a situation like that where he's playing good defense, he's giving you speed, but the offense isn't quite clicking if the AFL Parker Meadows is the real Parker Meadows and not the 2022 minor league season Parker Meadows. Uh, don't envy having to make that decision there. Fantastic week this week. We're going to wrap it up tomorrow. But until then, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects.